Well, this morning, as you, you heard the scripture read, uh, we are, we're jumping back into our series, The Blueprint of a, a Healthy Church. And let me begin today by asking this. Don't you hate hearing your own voice? Isn't that, isn't that a weird phenomenon that when you think you have a good commanding voice and then you're caught on camera um, and you're, you go back and you're like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> that, that's how I sound? No, no way. Like, like for instance, now, like, I, I know I don't have a James Earl Jones type voice, but I'm pretty sure that Aaron has changed the settings of my voice to go up a couple octaves uh, on this recording. Uh, and so it, I, I guarantee it's much, 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 much deeper, uh, right? Like it sounds like that. Well, all of my life, I, I, I've thought that about my voice, that it was much deeper, it was stronger. Uh, in all of our lives, I think all of us, we think our voices sound one way, but in reality, there's a, there's a, it sounds very different. And so I want you to take a look at this clip that we're about to run. Um, again, I'm sorry about the audio. Um, hopefully you can hear it. Uh, but just a warning, just a heads up, I'm in the seventh grade in this clip. So that means you are absolutely not allowed to laugh. Okay. Thank you, Aaron. Hey, guys. Hi, you may not have been able to hear because of our audio, but just just look at that clip that's right there. Like, I mean, just oh my goodness! Like, look look at that hair. Ah, wearing a Zildjian shirt. I got that sweet necklace on. Right. This is. Y'all may have thought that I think that this is an embarrassing video. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think this is me at my peak. <laughs> it's all been downhill from here. You know, I lost my hair. Uh, I don't have as great of a fashion sense as I once did. I really miss those necklaces. Uh, my voice has changed a bit. Um, but be honest, it's not as high as it was in that video, right? Well, this is why I need you. And this is why we need each other, to tell each other when our voice sucks, okay? <laughs> this is what we need. Somebody should have told me that hard truth, but alas, I ran through life not knowing how high my voice actually was. But it's not just me. Every single one of us, when we hear ourselves on camera, it's like, one, that's me, and then two, how come no one told me? <laughs> Tell me these things. We all want someone to know us well enough to speak into our lives and to care for us in a way that if something's off, if something's not going so well in our lives, you know, let's get serious, they, they will stop and say to us, hey, are you okay? Like, this is how you're sounding. Is, is everything going okay with you? And so today, as we continue our series, The Blueprint of a Healthy Church, we're going to talk about membership. Uh, we talk about elders, we talk about deacons, we talk about uh, servant leaders. Um, and today I want to talk about how everybody belongs. Now, usually we make those first two words one word, everybody. But for today, for this sermon, yes, everybody, but I want us to focus on everybody, everybody, each of you individually belongs. And so that's the title of the sermon and the three main points. Uh, every body belongs. And so let's look at our, our, our first point with every. This is the call that, that Paul makes in the passage that we just read uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, that, that everybody is crucial. 
everybody has a part to play. This is the, this infamous passage that you, if you grew up in church, you've heard it probably before. Uh, in verse 17, it says, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And so if, if we all, if all we had were preachers at this church, uh, then where would we be with counseling and, and mentoring? Um, if, if all Mosaic was known for is, is our stance on social justice, but, but what about our theology? Uh, are people being fed and nurtured to plumb the depths of God's mercies and the infinite expanse of the beauty that is found in the Old and New Testaments? Like, we need both. We need a team. We need all hands on deck. And so we need everybody and everybody. I hopefully I, I can say that. This is basically, <laughs> this is basically the message of, of every major, major motion picture that's out there. Like, you can think of all these these movies right now. Avengers. Iron Man alone can't do it. He needs Captain America. Who needs Black Panther? Who needs Cherie? Who, who needs... It goes on and on and on, right? This is the call of all of the movies that you can't do it alone. You need a team. I mean, this is the Lego movie. Emmett needs his friends. This is Harry Potter. Without Ron and Hermione, where would he have been? He would have been doomed like, we can't do, do it alone. And so this, is, this message is everywhere, and it's not bad, but I think it makes me laugh because it feels like it's the only message that, that, that is out there right now. But it is true. No man or woman is an island. We all need each other equally. Paul says in that 1 Corinthians 12, verse 21, he says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the, the head to the feet. I have no need of you. And so we can't say to our children, we have no need of you. You don't help the church grow. Wrong. We desperately need our children and, and our children's ministry. That you are crucial to the flourishing of the church, to the flourishing of me. And so, but, but think broader than just individual ministries in the church. When we say everybody, we, we mean every body of churches as well. And I, I just love that in the book of Revelation, when, when John is writing to the churches, he doesn't say to the church of First Baptist Hillsboro, right? He doesn't say to Second Pres Houston. He says to the church of Philadelphia, the church of Ephesus, these cities. He writes to groups of churches but calls them one because we see the unity and the absolute necessity of all of these churches to, to represent that city. So, too, we should think of churches not just individually, but, but corporately. The Church of Waco. What, what kind of letter would Jesus write to the Church of Waco, you might ask? That's a good thing for us to, I, I would love to hear other people's thoughts. How are our whole body of churches doing? Like, we can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. And so we are brothers and sisters that are interconnected. And so we're, we're excited when other churches here in Waco are flourishing. Like, we're praising God when other churches grow, when they preach the gospel, when they do justice, and they make Jesus famous. Like, that's wonderful. We're on the same team. We love hearing about new churches being planted. And so just last week, actually, there was a new church in China Spring, and it's an Acts 29 church that launched last Sunday in the midst of a, this pandemic. They're called Wellspring, and we, so we celebrate them. We love hearing that. 
We should never feel territorial because we're all the church. Now, note, this does not mean that every church is doing something that we should celebrate, though. Because, you know, just like in Revelation, there are some churches that Jesus says, you know, he's taking the lampstand away from them. And that's a scary thought, that, that the Holy Spirit has, has been, removed itself from the church. And because they were, they were neither hot nor cold, he will, he will spew them out of his mouth. And so, so we must be careful. Uh, and, and, and we as the church of Waco, Waco should grieve when that happens because we, we are tied together. And so there's, there's much to grieve. We think of the church, not just here in Waco, but, but in the nation regarding the church because that, that affects us, or at least it should, right? But also, we'll celebrate churches overseas in our backyard, because the gates of hell can't stop God's church. He, he makes that promise to Peter and to the disciples that the gates of hell can't stop the church. And so we're going to celebrate when it's, when it's moving out and pushing forward. Now, let's move to our second point. We talked about every, and now let's talk about body or a particular church body. Now, as much as we support the works in other churches and love the unity of the church, there, there, there's good reason for you to commit to a particular church. Why? Well, practically, we just spent some, some weeks talking about how critical uh, elders and shepherds are to the health of the church. And, and who should an elder care for? Should an elder care for everybody that comes into their path and, and offer to, to shepherd them? Should, should I call up a first-time visitor and say, Hey, what do you think about Bible studies? You know, what if we put them earlier in the night? You know, it's getting kind of dark. It's kind of cold. What if we did that a little bit earlier, keep it a little bit warmer? And I would think that first-time visitor would go, you're weird, um, <laughs> but you can do whatever you like. <laughs> this isn't my show, right? But, but seriously, the, this is a big deal. Who should elders shepherd? Who should the, the church listen to? Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Now, that, that first part of that verse, uh, I know you probably cringe at a command like this. Obey your leaders and submit to them. I, I get it. I cringe at it. <laughs> I'm a rebel at heart. My mom said, don't touch the iron. And what did I do? I've got to touch the iron. And I did. And I go, oh, okay. I was wondering what you were holding out on me, but now I get it. <laughs> and so I get the kickback against uh, any form of kind of authority structure. But, but practically, for our discussion today, when it says obey your leaders, if, if there's no local church body, which leaders are you to listen to? If another pastor of another church called and said, you need to come to the church and you need to be, appear before us for questioning, do you go? No, <laughs> you're not bound to every church, just the one that you've committed to. And they, we have committed to you, right? Like, this is how this, this works. Like, what if, what if John MacArthur called you up and said, hey, this is Johnny. Um, hey, this whole mask thing is a hoax. And you just need to go maskless when you come into worship. Do you listen to him? You might ask, oh, how did you get my phone number? old Johnny, um, but also you're not my pastor, so please don't call me. <laughs> don't call this number. So no, that's why we need local membership, so you know who we're listening to. And side note, you, I'm, make, I'm making light of this. 
you, you may have had elder pastors who, who've abused that authority. And were, were so involved in your life that they literally told you who you could date, if you should take a job, what clothes to wear. No. No. We, we think that borders on manipulation. We think it's hyper-controlling. And if you ask, we'll give you wisdom, but we, we won't be doling out those types of answers. And so we do grieve. The church has wrecked your trust in its leaders. And so we promise we will do whatever we can to earn your trust. And we know that trust is earned. And so we'll do our part. But here's the part of this verse, in, uh, that Hebrews verse that just wrecks me in verse 17, where it says, yes, obey your leaders and submit to them. But then it says, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. We may all may not want to submit to our leadership, but here's that relational aspect of this commitment. When you commit to a church, the church is committing to watch over your soul. So much so that at the end of time, we have to give an account for how we shepherded you. I mean, that talk about a weighty task. Talk about late nights, not being able to sleep, asking God to be merciful in how we shepherded you. But, but are we to shepherd everyone to those who commit or just to those who commit to your church? Said another way, who do you give permission to to say that your voice sounds like trash, <laughs> right? <laughs> Obviously, I'm joking, but who do you give permission to to, to speak into your life, to, to follow up with you, to, to shepherd you? To me, it seems abundantly clear that with, with all the one another's in Scripture, that they are found within a local church context, okay? There's that love one another, serve one another. This, this is all found within a local church context. And so, so practically, let, let, let's swoop down um, low for some, some boots on the ground stuff right now, right? Like what? What are, we, what are we talking about? What are the rights, the duties, and the responsibilities of being a church member? What does that look like to be a church member? How can you be a, a, a good church member? I, I'll give you a few words here. This is not exhaustive, right? The, there are many things that the, the, the body of Christ is, is told to do, um, but, and we just don't have time enough to cover all of those things. But let me, let me talk about a few. Some of the rights that you can expect, um, it, it, that you have, is that you can expect a, a shepherd elder to follow up with you, to check on you and your soul. You now invite that relationship. And so you have that, that right. But you also get to vote on who those elders are when you're a member. I mean, that's critical. You get to vote also on the budget and how our church uses its money to accomplish the mission. And so these are, are the rights of, of the members. But the duties and the responsibilities, what, what do we, the church, expect of you? Let me say just a, say a few. First, I would say is commit publicly. Publicly commit to your church. If Mosaic isn't it, that's, that's fine. Like, then I'd say commit to the church whatever one you have is. But if Mosaic is it, then publicly commit, go forward with a membership class. And the, the reason we do these, these public commitments, like wedding vows, in front of a whole group of people is to tell, yes, one, everyone who you're marrying and to celebrate it, but it's also to hold us accountable 
to what we're saying, that I vow publicly that I will be faithful to this woman till death do me part. And you can hold me accountable, all of you here. If I'm acting crazy, you say, Slim, you said till death do you part. And so when you commit publicly to a church, it's, it's not till death do you part. <laughs> God may be moving you uh, to another church to feed you uh, with a different type of food. That's, that's, that's okay. Uh, but when you do commit, you're not only telling everyone you're committing to, um, you're also giving others the, the gift of going second. Have you ever heard that, that phrase before, the gift of going second? Um, the first time of doing anything is scary, right? Anything you do the first time is scary. Um, whether it's the first person to, to, go, to move into a, a new region uh, or to start a, a company or to join a church. That first step is always fearful. But when others see you committed there, it's powerful. Okay, okay. the water's safe. <laughs> the water's safe here. And so first, commit publicly. But second, I'd say... Uh, what, duties of the members of church is to show up. I know that sounds basic, uh, but Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, it it is very ironic (laughs) that we read this verse Uh, about not meeting together on a day like this when we're not meeting together. (laughs) Okay, I think the Bible has some some room for this. Uh, Let's say under normal conditions, without freezing temperatures and a worldwide pandemic. Uh, We're not saying this this is true all the time, right? I think there's some some conditions there. But what the author of Hebrews is telling us is, is, one, to not give up meeting together. Yes, we all know we need it. Not only do I get to worship with you on Sundays, but I get to worship because of you. Seeing you worship, hearing your voice sing out, it it encourages my soul. It encourages the souls of people around you who may be struggling. And they go, that's what I want. Likewise, diving into scriptures and Bible studies and chewing on them together gives, gives whole new wrinkles to this text when we study it in a community, as opposed to just reading it alone going, I don't know what it's saying. But with a community, you, 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 it um, uh, unfolds. And so you just being there, you showing up is a big deal. But if you faithfully attend every Sunday or Bible studies, would that be enough? Well, no, that, 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 that same verse in Hebrews says, let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds. And so it's, it's not just on the shepherds and the elders to spur you on. It's on you. It says, let us consider. How can I spur my sister in Christ on? How's my brother doing? Have they been missing? I I, I should follow up with them. I mean, don't you see what Hebrews is telling us is that everybody, everybody in the church matters. Everybody must look after Christ's body because everybody matters. We're all called to encourage. We're all called to disciple and to shepherd one another. This isn't just the stuff that we put for the leaders of the church. No, it is everybody. And so when you do show up, when you do encourage, also serve. Go back to that Ephesians 4 passage. We looked at it a couple weeks ago, um, and we described the role of the shepherd, and, and they were to feed, to protect, and then to equip. Ephesians 4, 12 says that the pastors, the shepherds, 
their role is to equip his people for works of service. And so, where are you gifted? God may have blessed you with an amazing gift that we don't even know about. <laughs> like, how can you use that gift to serve our community, to serve the church? And Now, we have some avenues. And your gift may be outside of those avenues, and we, want, we would love to hear it. But we have some avenues for Sunday mornings already that, that we expect members to serve in. And, and I just, just so you all know, what's great is that I don't run everything. Whew, thank you, Lord. Uh, it's great. <laughs> we have an unbelievable leadership team, a leadership team of men and women who lead the church on Sundays. And so I'm going to pull up a screen here uh, for you to see uh, this leadership team. And, and so these are some areas where you can serve as a member of Mosaic on, on Sunday mornings, right? There's, there's many other areas you can serve. But on Sunday mornings, if, if, you, if you a warm and welcoming person who can say, I just want you to feel like you belong here. Then contact Paniota Hall with the greeter team. She would love to help plug you in. If you're like, I love kids and the joy and wonder that they have, like if that excites you, contact Christina Lozada. If you're a drummer and want to give me a break, please. <laughs> or if you're a singer or a musician, send a video of yourself jamming out to Jada. Um, if, if you're skilled with a camera, talk with Anna Cade. If, if you're able to help with video, talk to Andreas. Um, we would love to share the load of the tech team with you. If you're more of a techie type and you like being behind a computer or maybe a soundboard, we need you. Aaron Hawkins needs you. <laughs> maybe you're like, I don't really have much, but I have a truck. Perfect. <laughs> we could use your help pulling the trailers. Or maybe you're like, none of that sounds like me. I don't know what my gift is, but I'm willing to do whatever. I'm willing to serve, even if it means moving some stuff around. Well, Catherine Randolph would love to talk with you <laughs> for setup and takedown, right? Or maybe you have one of my favorite gifts, and that's the gift of hospitality. And then you, you could help provide treats and coffee. And one day, one day, homemade communion bread, whew, when it's safe to do so. We would, we would love all the ways for you to plug in. So these are just some ways. Isn't it beautiful just to kind of see some of the different ways you can plug in? I mean, there are so many areas here that, like, with just so many different avenues, diff, different strengths. And some of you might say, like, I have zero interest in almost all of those except for maybe one. Well, that's okay. That's okay because you're an ear. And so be an ear. But if, if you're a hand, we, we need a hand to jump in. And so that, that's the commitment to a church. And these are ways that you can serve. And so what does it mean to be a member? And we just kind of review a little bit here. You commit publicly, you show up, you encourage, you serve. And then lastly, again, this list is not exhaustive, um, but it's, it's to use not only your natural gifts, things that God's, you know, talents God's given you, but to use the gifts he's given you as well. And so, so members support the mission financially uh, with what is commonly called a tithe or, or a tenth of their income. Now, why? Well, because God one uh, tells us to do so, uh, but also because God was so generous with us, we want to be generous with others. And so our, our gifts go to support the church, the mission here in East Waco. And, and then we as a church want to model that generosity as well. And so we in turn give gifts to nonprofits and we give to good works here in Waco, but also outside of Waco. And we give to other church plants as well. And so your gift is helping the ways that we serve East Waco and Waco at large, but it's also being used to help plant other churches. 
And so we, we just want to be marked um, as a church that is just generous in, in that regard. And so we want to encourage you in that regard. Now, let's say you're like, okay, I'm on board. I'm on board with community. I see the need of that. I, I see needing people to tell you about your high-pitched squeals, Slim. Uh, I understand the need for elders to shepherd people who are actually in their flock, but I just don't know. I can't get all of that. I, I, can't I get all of that without actually ever committing to a church? And you might say, personally, I enjoy listening to sermons online. And, and then I also enjoy listen, reading some of these fantastic books uh, maybe even listen to some Christian worship uh, while you drive or while you go run. Uh, maybe, you, maybe you've gone out of your way to create friendships that, that feel like church to you. And so why pick one body of believers to commit to? Why limit yourself, you might be thinking. And th- this is our last point. So we talk about every body belongs. You belong. And you belong somewhere. Not just out there in nowhere land, but you belong, and you belong to Christ and to his localized body. Let me pull up 1 Corinthians 6 here. We see Paul saying in verse 19, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? And at this point, you may stop and say, Yeah, okay, so see, my body is a temple. I don't need to go to the temple. I don't need to go to, to church. I, I have church wherever I'm at. Decentralize everything. <laughs> Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading this text. It says, it keeps going on. Then it says, you are not your own. Then in verse 20, you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And so in this text, Paul is calling out the Corinthians' sexual sin, but his point is made stronger because of it for our, our purposes here. Many times people will say about sin in general, but sexual sin in particular, what's the big deal? This and no one else. No one even knows about my struggles. And God says, no, you are not your own. I bought you. You are not your own. Your body's not your own. And that may be hard for many of us to hear, that I am not my own, that my body My job, my relationships, my free time, is it ever just mine? Or am I a part of what God is doing in this world? Yes, God saved you and there is a personal relationship. But don't ever forget that scripture says he came to save a people. And so if you escape a burning house, hallelujah, but your kids are inside, Are you okay with that? No, neither is God. And so for any one of us who says, what's the big deal if I don't commit to a church? Me individually, I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm flourishing because of these podcasts, these books. And God wants to say to you, you are not your own. You may think you're flourishing, but your neighbor is floundering. And if one member suffers, we all suffer together. And so can we say that the church is flourishing when so many are being abused by its leaders? We grieve. But when one rejoices, we all rejoice because of it as well. And so you get to be a part 
even if a small part of the greatest story ever told and working that into bringing others into a saving knowledge of Christ Jesus. I can still remember how powerful it was for me to personally see other believers walking with Christ, to see my, my father getting up early in the morning to pray and to read his Bible, to not just talk about it, but to see it, to see other families in our church walk through the adoption process and to see, wow, that's doable. And it's powerful when you see it because they were not their own and their story became part of my story. And it's in our story, hopefully becomes a part of others. And so this lie that you are your own, this lone ranger, John Wayne figure in Christianity is one of the biggest lies our culture has ever believed. And if you struggle with this, it may be because you have bought that lie of our Western individualistic way of seeing the world has sold to you. We are not our own. We belong to a church. Now, sometimes we think formalizing anything kills it. And I get that. If you make something formal, if you make it a monthly thing that happens every week or every month, then then it's not real. Let's just be authentic and let's just be organic. I get that. I really do. But people say that a lot about like marriage. Like, I don't need a piece of paper to tell you how much I love you, (laughs) right? The world thinks that 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 paper ruins the relationship. But what those who advocate for that are really saying is, I don't love you enough to cut off all my options. It's it's the ultimate FOMO. It's the ultimate fear of missing out, of maybe something better will come along. And people have applied that thinking to the church, and it is disastrous. Because what it's doing, when you say, I don't want to commit to a church, a particular one, I just want to be a perpetual attender, is, is only ever thinking, what can the church do for me? I mean, it, it's totally inward thinking, and I get it. I don't want to make this sound like this is shaming. I get it. And if you're new today, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> you're investigating. Feel free to investigate. <laughs> but if you're new and, and you walk around a church, maybe if you are new and you walk around the church when we're in person and you start asking people, you know, how long have you been here? Uh, five years. When did you become a member? Well, I don't become a member. I've never done that. Well, then that makes the new people wonder, is there something wrong here? Why aren't you becoming a member? And so when you, when you formalize something, like in a marriage, you're saying, I commit to you wholly. I am all in. And, and, and you commit to those around you too when you commit to a church. You're committing to your brothers and sisters around you and saying, I'm not, I'm not my own. I'm part of a body of believers and I belong with you because where two or three are gathered, there I am, says Jesus. Belong to Christ's church and everybody belongs because in verse 20, he says, you were bought at a price, right? There is a price for your belonging. There is a price that had to be paid for you to belong to the church. The church isn't a country club, but, but if it was, your dues are paid in full. Amen? There, there is no follow-up email saying you're late on payment because Jesus di- died and paid for your sins and rose and continually intercedes for you. And so you belong. You belong here more than any place on earth. You are fully welcome and fully accepted, period. 
Jesus didn't think, how can I get out of this contract? Are there cancellation fees? <laughs> like he is fully commits himself to you. And, and when you have someone commit themselves to you that fully, so fully, it says, I am here forever, for good till death, even past death. You finally feel like you belong. This is where I am loved. This is where I'm supposed to be. And so how many of you are, are at home just wondering, where do I belong? Where's my place in this world? You belong to Christ where everybody belongs. You can make a home here with him. You can let your guard down here with him. You don't have to put on the Instagram face. You can show us who you really are. At Mosaic, we say a lot that you belong even before you believe. Even before you believe. You don't have to clean up to, to, to feel like you are welcome here. You are welcome. And we as the body will encourage you and you can count on us to be there for you. You can count on me to pray for you, to jump in and serve and care for you because I know I belong here too. And there's freedom in that belonging. And it's only in Jesus Christ that you and I, who can be radically different, you and I can be radically different. Your sense of humor may not be mine. And I don't know many people that is the same as mine. You might be older than me. Some of you might be younger. We may come from different backgrounds. We may have had a, a different life experience. But because of what Jesus has done, you and I both belong together in Christ's body as members and co-laborers and co-heirs. Isn't that the wild thing of the gospel? I mean, I just love how beautiful it is, that, that how equalizing it is, that no matter how different we may be, that we can find common ground. We always will find common ground with anybody because everybody and everybody belong because of what Jesus has done. Hallelujah. And so if you're a member, go, go today asking, how are you honoring those membership vows? We need you. The gospel is personal, communal, and cosmic. And so let's don't forget this, this communal nature of the gospel. And if you're not a member, you know, where, is, where do you think God is calling you to commit to? Everybody belongs in a church that will care for you and for those not like you. And so we invite you to, to belong and make a home in God's church. Let's pray.